the industry right now is evolving in two opposite directions. On the one side, through open sourced and decentralized approach, and then on the other side, with a more closed and controlled approach. Of course, the clear-cut distinction is never possible in the business world because even when you take into account players like Google or Facebook, they have released over the years many open source stuff. And even when you look at the open source initiatives, in many cases, they get, they get monetized through an enterprise model, like in the case of GitHub, which is not, you know, as you understand, um, is not 100% open source. And also, if you, if you take projects like Mozilla, we know, as, as I analyzed over the years on the blog, you get, yes, a foundation that manages the, the, the core of the project, but then on the other side, a lot of the monetization passes through commercial agreements with the central players like Google, which provides a lot of resources, financial resources for, for the community to to actually survive. So the perspective on which I want to tackle this is not like an ethical dilemma, it's more like a business model dilemma of how the things are evolving. And I would like to take into account for this session really something which is called, or we can call, edge artificial intelligence, which is a combination of artificial intelligence and edge computing, where we push the, uh, the, the personalization of the eye to the edge of the network, meaning that we enable uh, users to get customized results um, on top of, uh, for instance, that devices based on the data which is not collected in a central place like in a cloud infrastructure, but instead is contextualized at the device level. So this is what I would like to analyze for today and explain a little bit of the workflow and how it might look like. So the idea of edge artificial intelligence, or if you want more a more like open sourced approach and decentralized approach to artificial intelligence, which is quite interesting, is a, an approach uh, where you have a model that has been trained on a supercomputer because of course the amount of power that it takes, supercomputing power that it takes to train a very large language model is substantial and not everyone can actually do it. Then, after the model has been actually trained and compressed, like in the case of stable diffusion, you can actually download it on your device, on, on your, for instance, Mac or, for instance, on your iPhone, and you can start using it. In that case, as explained already in previous episodes, especially when it comes to decentralized AI versus centralized AI, I explained a little bit uh, how uh, in a decentralized approach and open source approach, like in the case of stable diffusion, you download the model on your device and then this model can be customized and it can be actually data processed at the local level, meaning on your device. So the in-context learning, meaning the kind of information that the AI model needs to serve relevant uh, you know, experiences to you is going to be done at local level. And all the data that gets processed is going to be uh, uh, processed locally on your device and it's going to stay there. There is not going to flow, it's not going to move from your device to a central uh, play, player or cloud provider. Like for instance, you might get in a different kind of model, which is more centralized. This approach is quite interesting. Of course, Let's analyze it in, in two perspectives. One from a business model perspective of the decentralized player, like in the case of stable diffusion. Right now, if you're stable diffusion and you release a model which is open sourced and anyone can download and then start building on it, of course, you're not going to get data modes, meaning you're not going to get the data that is going to go through and flow through the model to actually get it better and better. What you're going to get instead is a community of developers around the model that actually can help you improve 
the 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 models uh, the models over time so this community of developers just like in the case you know wordpress github or like you know wikipedia this community of developers or contributors will help improve the code eventually to actually train the model even further and better to actually uh, create new releases but once the new release is ready has been compressed it can be downloaded then everything else is going to be done on the edge meaning that it's going to happen on the on the user device so again from a business modeling standpoint if you are stable diffusion for you the real competitive advantage is not going to come directly as a data mode but it's going to come more as a community mode meaning that you're going to be building a solid community that can help you scale a model with a with a very a little team and uh, that can actually compete with the very large players with the much less capital and resources. So it's going to be a completely different, different approach and yet quite interesting. In this model, of course, what matters is one is that uh, once you have the, let's say, the stable diffusion downloaded on your iPhone, then stable diffusion is going to be um, customized in a way that can actually process the data on your device. The data is going to stay there on your device and then it's going to be contextualized so that the the, the, the model can give you interesting results. So going to the future, imagine a case where, you know, stable diffusion is plugged into a smart glasses device from Apple and Apple as a philosophy um, looks at uh, that data processing on a local standpoint, meaning that the data is going to be sitting on your device, is not going to be leaving your device. You're going to get stable diffusion plugged on your AR device, so on your Apple smart glasses. And as you go along, let's say a, a store, a physical store, uh, stable diffusion, the engine of stable diffusion is going to be contextualizing the data thanks to the fact that it knows that as you move along, uh, it can access the data in context data as you move through the store. So it knows your location, it knows what you're doing, it might know your taste is based on the data that sits on top of, uh, of uh, your device. And that's quite interesting because as you can understand, again, there is no data flow, there is no uh, back and forth between your device and the central cloud player, which of course, um, not only uh, it's more privacy oriented, but on the other side is also more secure because you know it might uh, with the data not flowing back and forth it might be that uh, you know maybe a little bit more more secure and of course the in context learning is a little bit more controlled by the user which can opt in and out as it goes along so this model is quite interesting because uh, it's a model where you know again you push the the uh, let's break it down in two parts you have the computational power needed to actually perform the training of the model, which is going to be done still on a central supercomputer, we can assume because if those models will be scaled farther and farther, is gonna they will need even more computing power to get uh, you know actually trained uh, and improve. So imagine like a new release of stable diffusion may need to be trained on more parameters and more and a larger data set, and therefore is going to need even more computing power. And then once the model has been released, this gets compressed and then it gets downloaded on a device and the computing power needed in that case is going to be the computing power of the device to actually have in-context learning. Now, the interesting thing is companies like Apple have been building over time, uh, you know, um, neural chips that are able to process all this information. And this also gives us a little bit of glimpse, which I've discussed in previous podcast episode on, uh, episodes on how AR might look like in the future. Because, again, if you uh, are able to have a chip on the iPhone, which is able to process successfully something like stable diffusion, tomorrow you might be able to use the same chip, probably a little bit smaller, for AR glasses to actually being able to plug stable diffusion on those glasses and therefore use 
the glasses are as, a, as an edge computing device that can be uh, actually used to contextualize the, the information that sits uh, on top of uh, the device to actually give a personalized experience with uh, with the stable diffusion. So these are these are what the edge artificial intelligence might look like in the future. Again, it's an interesting cost, uh, concept also from a business modeling standpoint, because there is no data flow uh, that um, that uh, goes uh, that go back back and forth between like the device and the central cloud provider and this model is a uh, quite interesting also because again maybe more privacy oriented on one side and then on the other side might give more control to the final user who might decide what sort of uh, services to opt in and also how to customize more the experience as the users uh, the, the users go by so that's how edge artificial intelligence might work in the future